Florida is sometimes we overcommit because our faith level rises and then we overcommit and then when we don't follow through then we deal with condemnation and then the devil beats your brains out says see you didn't follow through on what you told to do and the Lord doesn't love you he hates your guts and you're just like scum between his toes and the Lord really does love us and the Lord really does care for us we're going to the book of Matthew tonight chapter 17 is where we're going to start out so I'm going to talk to you tonight about I'm going to start talking to you about a devotion this year about discipline yourself this year about walking with the Lord daily you just walk with the Lord one day at a time don't look at the whole picture if the whole picture overwhelms you don't look at the whole picture you've got to look at one piece at a time Bobby you feeling better okay all right so I want to talk to you about prayer, fasting, and reading the Word. Not all tonight. I'm just going to start with fasting tonight. Okay? We're going to start out with fasting tonight. We're going to Matthew 17, verse 14. How many of you like to fast? Now, some people have a, the gift of fasting, and they like to fast, and they can fast a long time. All right? How many of you hate to fast? Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, you know my heart even before I raise my hand. There's a lot of people who, who eat to live. Then there are people who live to eat. I am, I am a commander in that army. I'm a general in the, I live to eat. And I like food. And so I'm talking to Johnny Worley one day, and he says, why don't we go on a three-day fast tomorrow? I said, oh, my God, Johnny. I said, Johnny, i got to have about 30 days to work into that just to get ready for it. But you can fast at, and at different intervals. You can fast at certain times. You can fast a, a meal, a day, a couple days, a week. Um, so we're going to talk about fasting tonight. Matthew 17, 14 and when they were come to the multitude, this is King James, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me and Jesus rebuked the devil so the reason this boy was acting up is he had uh, issues with an evil spirit in him and the child was cured and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could not we cast him out and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if you have Faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. So we're in a relationship with the Lord, and this relationship with the Lord is just like a marriage. In fact, the scriptures talk about it that. We are the bride of Christ. We're part of the church, and the church is the bride of Christ. And 
So we build and we work on this relationship on a daily basis. Those of you who are married or have been married, you know that you have to work on that relationship every day. Okay? I've been married 32 years. So if, if I haven't talked to Amy since, like, the day we got married, if I haven't talked to her in 32 years, it's probably going to not be a very good situation. Because I have to communicate, and she has to communicate. And we, we share, and we, we fight. Yeah, it's, you're allowed to fight. Amen. You can fight fair, or you can fight unfair. Just fight. Just get it out before the sun goes. Just fight and get it over with. So, this is a relationship walking with the Lord. And there's things that we do in our spiritual walk that we have, and that number one's fasting, prayer, and the word. So we're talking about this fasting deal. The practice of fasting in the New Testament. A couple questions we want to look at. Is religious fasting a legitimate practice for today? Sometimes when, you, when you're at work and you say, I'm not going to eat lunch today, and people keep hounding you, why aren't you going to eat lunch? Why aren't you going to eat lunch? Well, I'm fasting. And they look at you like you got you know, a third eye coming out of your forehead. Fasting, who does fasting anymore? So is it a legitimate practice today? If so, how and why should it be practiced? The articles, the study here, we're going to reference fasting in the New Testament, and we're going to look at some answers I got for you on this thing. Fasting is practiced and taught in the Gospels. Anna, you ever heard of Anna? Anna, she fasted, Luke 2.37. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. So she was 84 years old. Which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. The first mention of fasting in the New Testament is in the connection with the presentation of the infant Jesus at the temple. Now, when the babies were born, when they were eight days old, they had to take them to the temple. Number one, to be circumcised by the priest, and then to be prayed for and blessed. That The parents had to bring an offering also at that time. That's found in Exodus 13, 2 through 15, and Numbers 18, 15 and 16. There were two godly people in the temple, Simeon and Anna, and they were attracted to the infant. And Anna's constant service to God was called fastings and prayers. So she was serving the Lord with fastings and prayers. Okay, that is the Greek word for fastings. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's my Greek right there. That means fastings. The literal meaning is having not or not having eaten, being without nourishment. Okay? Food. We're talking about food. The word most generally has the specific religious sense of fasting. In this instance, fasting is looked on favorably. It is said to be one way of serving God that Anna was serving night and day with fastings and Prayer. There's no indication that she was required to do this. Rather, her fastings and prayers were prompted by a felt need. Perhaps she was so burdened that the Messiah come that she spontaneously devoted much of her time to fastings and prayer. Nobody's going to make you fast. Nobody's going to make you fast. I'm not going to, you know, follow you around 
and um, see if you're fasting. You know, we call it church-wide fast, and I see Danny pulling into McDonald's. Number one, I know it's not Danny because he don't eat that kind of food. Then I'm going to call the police that somebody stole his truck. Okay? I had a preacher friend years ago that this is when blockbuster video stores were real big. Okay? And he was worried that some of his men would go get the wrong kind of movies at Blockbuster. So he would sit outside at 2 and 3 in the morning making sure that none of his church men went into Blockbuster and got the wrong kind of movies. Oh, yeah. I said, I said dude, you, you don't have anything else to do? I mean, come on. you got to get busy doing something else here. So it's not a police state that we're going to say, okay, well, you need to fast. Anna felt from the Lord that she needed to do that. Uh, I fast. I try to fast once a week. The reason I try to fast once a week is because I need the discipline in my life. I need to tell my gut no. As you can tell, I've lost many times. Okay? Brother Art walked in the night and said, Oh, you're expecting. How far along are you? I said, Art, I got a big sweater on. I got three shirts on. Are you kidding me? Come on. Cut the guy a little break here. I try to do it for discipline, to tell myself no. Because if I don't, my, my mind gets so consumed with food and the next meal and, you know, oh, it's going to be so good. And Yesterday, you know what yesterday was? What was yesterday? Tuesday. No. It was Taco Tuesday. I did, let's see, was it yes? No, Monday. Monday. I don't remember. One day this week, I didn't, I fasted. I think it was Monday. I don't remember, Frank. Yeah, it was, Monday. So Taco Tuesday was free. Amen. So I do it to discipline myself. That's, I, I, I'm like Anna. I feel like I need to do that. If the Lord leads you to a fast, let him lead you to a fast. Some, some people I know can fast 40 days. I know people who, who fast, can fast weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I look at them and say, are you kidding? Do you know how much time is involved in a day when you're in a home with kids and a family how much time it takes to prepare a meal, eat the meal, clean up after. It's two hours. It's an easy two hours. But you don't think about that unless you're not getting to eat. Listen, I have actually cooked meals on three or four day fast. I breathe deep. I was laying on the floor one time. Amy came down, found me on the floor because I breathed too much oxygen in because I was breathing in that spaghetti sauce. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. So you, we take this time with fasting and prayer. All right? Jesus fasted. So the, Old, the New Testament, we're talking about Anna and Simeon. They saw the consolation of Israel is what the Bible says. Then we have Jesus. Jesus fasted. It's recorded in Mark, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Mark 1, 12 and 13, and Luke 4, 1 through 4. 
This is when he was tempted by the devil. During these tumultuous 40 days of loneliness, satanic attack, and the presence of wild beasts, Luke 4, 2 says, he ate nothing. Okay? It says he ate nothing. All right? Are you guys warm, cold, freezing? Really? Really? Okay. So he ate nothing. Okay? And he is in the middle of this attack from the enemy. And he has decided... Now you watch how that works, dear brothers and sisters. First Wednesday night of the year, vote me pastor of the year because I turned the heat up for you, although I have four shirts on now, three. Now it's four. It feels like four now. Okay, so Jesus is fasting. As with the Old Testament prophets, Jesus fasted when faced with a time of intense spiritual need. Sometimes, I don't know, uh, has anybody been in a real situation where you are needing an answer? And the Lord has directed you to fast. Yep. Okay. So you, you follow the leading of the Lord. During the remainder of Jesus' public ministry, he kept the Mosaic Law. And this would have involved a fast each year on the Day of Atonement. Before his terrible struggle in Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus did not eat. If you remember, when we did communion the last couple months, that when we read in the scriptures, the disciples asked him, will you eat with us also? And he said, I will not eat with you again until we sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? So Jesus was getting, doing away with the food. He uh, fasted at the Last Supper while he ate, or while the disciples ate there together. Jesus' instruction on fasting, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. For verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Be thou when the, but thou, when thou fasteth, anoint your, thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father, thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which is in secret, uh, which seeth thee in secret, shall reward thee openly. Okay? So what he's saying is, don't let everybody know you're fasting. Don't, don't walk around, you know. Don't take lipstick and paint on your head that day in the mirror before you leave the house. I'm fasting today. Okay? Don't do that. Now, you may encounter a situation like Sister Sylvia does. I catch Sister Sylvia a couple times a year. Sister Sylvia, you want to go grab a sandwich? I'll get you something. I'm going to go over here. I'll get you something. No, Pastor, I'm really not hungry. Now, Sister Sylvia, you've been here early. I know. You know, I'm not getting it yet because my head's kind of thick, right? I'm not getting it yet. And I said, Sister Sylvia, it's no trouble. I can get you something. No, Pastor. And then finally, I badger her so long. Finally, she says, oh, I'm fasting today. Or at least I'm trying to. Praise the Lord, Sister Sylvia. You know you're not supposed to tell anybody when you're fasting. I'm sorry, sister. Yes, Dan. Okay.
what's the next couple of slides? Yeah, yeah. What, what it is is that you're serving the Lord in a very private way and a very humble way. But the problem was that through the Old Testament, there were traditions that were picked up. We'll see those. Danny's on to something here. Matthew 6.16 begins with that word right there, what means and whenever. This indicates a change from one subject to another, but it's related. So having Jesus gave the instruction on prayer already in Matthew 6. He turned to the subject of fasting, and he used the words, whenever you fast. And it is the assumption that fasting would be part of the religious life of the disciple, but Jesus never commanded the disciple to fast. He never said, you need to fast. But he did say, if you want to see this power in your life, it comes by prayer and fasting. Like the garden. He put all the trees in the garden, and he put one tree in there that got us all in trouble. He gave us a choice. It's a choice of our, of our walk with the Lord. How deep do you want your walk with the Lord to be? You want it to be a shallow walk? You want it to be a deep walk? You want to be committed 35%? You want to be committed 95%? Make sense? The Lord's not going to force himself on any of us. All right. Did I catch all that there? Oh, he simply assumed that they would do so. Since the time of Moses, the Israelites had been required to fast annually on the Day of Atonement. That's in Leviticus 16, 29, and 23 and 29. The Old Testament also speaks favorably, favorably of other special fast days in which the entire nation humbled themselves before God. 1 Samuel 7, 5, and 6, and Jeremiah 14, 12. In fact, at least once, God even commanded emergency fasting, and that was in Joel 2, 12, where God says, I want everybody in the nation to fast. What did uh, Jonah went to Nineveh? Remember? And he said, what is it, 40 days? 40 days, and I'm going to destroy Nineveh? And Nineveh went to fasting. They were heathens. They were heathens. They weren't even church folks. Now, I know people who don't even go to church, or they may have some knowledge of fasting in church, and they fast, and the Lord answers them. Why? Because he's bound to his word. Okay? Y'all getting warm now? Toasty roasty? Here it comes. Joel 2.12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. The New Living says, This is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give your hearts, come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. By New Testament times, fasting, here you go, Danny, fasting had been encumbered by additional regulations. Some Jews fasted two days each week throughout the entire year. That's found in Luke 18, 12. Such weekly fasts were observed on Thursdays and Mondays because according to tradition, Moses ascended Mount Sinai on Thursday and descended back down on Monday. Praise the Lord. How about that? So these guys decided if Moses ascended on Thursday and came back on Monday, then we need to honor those days with fasting. It wasn't a command that Moses gave to the children of Israel. It was just a tradition that they picked up. That's when the Pharisees 
stood, Luke 11, 18, 11, and 12. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. See that attitude that was coming on him? In response to all this hypocrisy, Jesus said this, they have their reward in full. They've got it now because they look good to their neighbor. They look good to their brother or their sister across the pew at church. Oh, my. Oh, my. Pharisee John. Pharisee Phil. Pharisee Phil fast two days a week. What days? Thursdays. Mondays. He tithes on everything. But he wasn't doing it as unto the Lord. He was doing it as unto himself. See how that was happening? And that's when Jesus said he's got his reward. It means a person. Oh, this, this, here's the verb here. Okay. This is the verb. Something about having a, a cousin. All right. Hey, that's how. Yeah. Means. And, and that, that word right there, I don't know. This ha, it means that a person has received his due and is entitled to nothing else. He's got everything he's going to get. The Lord's not going to honor because he already got his glory from men. Jesus then told his followers how to engage in fasting that would meet God's approval. They were to anoint their heads and wash their feet. You remember his, him saying that in that scripture? Their face, face sorry. Yes. But you can wash your feet too if you want. Have you ever thought about that? Now, I've always looked at that and thought, okay, well, they just, he just wants you to look good. He wants you to put on a happy face. Okay? He wants you to put on a happy face so nobody, because they can see you smiling. So when people see me smiling and I'm on an 18-day fast, they don't know that inside I am a bag of bones. I may not look like a bag of bones, but in my mind, I'm a bag of bones. Okay? But in the... I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's look on it. I don't have a slide for that one. In Jewish thinking, anointing one's head and washing one's face was not done for daily hygiene or cosmetic reasons. Rather, they were reserved for joyous occasions. So what Jesus is saying here was, when you're fasting, I want you to apply joy to your life. What kind of giver does the Lord like? Cheerful. And that cheerful actually uh, converts out, translates out of the Greek into hilarious. A hilarious, happy giver. So when you're fasting, you know, you're going to call me up and say, what you doing today, Pastor? Oh, I'm fasting. Sound like you just got a hold of Eeyore. Well, it's going to be a long day. And guess what? I can go till 10 or 11 or 12 and never eat any breakfast, and it's okay. Until I tell myself, you're fasting tomorrow. Good Lord, I go to bed hungry. Now I'm going to be transparent here. Can I be transparent here? I've even decided I'm going to fast tomorrow, and before I go to bed, I have to make a big old sandwich. 
and I wake up and I'll tell you, my belly button is scratching my spine already. It's like, I haven't been up five minutes and I'm starving to death. Lord, have mercy. See, you know, that's when I know my flesh is OOC, out of control. And that's why I got to fast, because I got to bring it back into control. So he says, I want you to anoint your head. I would say, somebody could look this up, but I would say probably that they did, did use oil to anoint their head. They used oil for everything else. So, oh, you guys ask me all this hard stuff. You guys ask me all this stuff. Well, I don't know. Don't you have a search on your deal? Do you have search in your Bible? Huh? Okay. All right, so we're going to anoint our head, wash our face, which wasn't for hygiene or daily cleansing. It was simply to apply joy. And what is your strength? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay, fasting is practiced and taught in the book of Acts. So it transfers. Everything Jesus taught transferred to the disciples, and then they taught everything that he taught them and preached in the book of Acts, right? You want to see what the church, the early church, the first church of Jerusalem believed, you go to the book of Acts. Got it? Margo, you got that? All right. I'm just checking on you. Fasting following Saul's conversion. Acts chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And said, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go in. This is a dramatized version. Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Now, if the Lord would not have said he's praying, I don't know if Ananias would have went. Because Ananias was a preacher in Damascus. And he knew that Saul was one bad guy. And all Saul did was he shut down churches, he broke up families, he put them in jail, he did all kinds of stuff. So when the Lord said, I want you to go to Judas's house on the street called Straight. Now that's a good street to live on. Straight Street. Where do you live? I live at Straight Street. And isn't it amazing how straight has become so different meanings today, right? And so, yes, I do live on Straight Street. Anyway, so he says, and don't worry, Ananias, he's praying. Because I've done, had a meeting with him. So in a time of crisis, in a time of a felt need, Saul voluntarily fasted. And this is precisely what Jesus practiced and taught in Matthew 9, 14 and 15. In this instance, fasting was accompanied by prayer. Paul is knocked to the ground. He's blind. He knows this is a supernatural encounter. And he says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord says, I am 
Jesus. You were on the name of Jesus all night. You already left that track, didn't you? Man. Okay, did you find it? Yes, with oil or anointment. There you go, Brother Dan. All right. So, Saul is now praying. He says, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord answers, I am Jesus, whom you're, you're persecuting. And he gets up and he's blind. He's in a crunch time. He's having his Jesus moment. All of us have had our Jesus moment. Haven't you? If you haven't, you will. But I would say that 95% of you in this room are here tonight because at some point in your life, you had a Jesus moment. And that Jesus moment when you said, I've got to do something here. I've got to make some changes. And guess what? The Lord is not going to come into your life and say, okay, Tracy, what would you like me to become for you? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I got to become like him. He doesn't say, Tracy, I require Ginger to do this, and I require Frank to do this, but Tracy, because you are the baby of the family, and you were a spoiled brat, which I highly disregard, but anyway, then I'm not going to make you do what Frank has to do or what Ginger has to do. No, 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 no. Guess what? We, we all are at the same foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And what he requires of Brother Chris, he requires of me. And what he requires of Heather, he requires of Pat. And that most of that is surrender. Surrender. I'm, I'm working with some people, trying to get them on the straight and narrow. And first of all, they went AWOL on me. They were absent without leave. And I'm trying to find them. I've been trying to find them since Monday. I found them today. And when I asked, where are you at? Silence. Silence of the lambs. It was gone. Nothing. I did not know. And I said, listen, if you're going to do this, and God can help you have victory, but you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to learn how to surrender. You're going to have to surrender because you don't have what it takes because none of us have that when it comes to salvation and giving over to the Lord. None of us have that. you got to surrender. So Paul is here, and he, now listen, Paul's a big dog here. Paul is in the, he's a Pharisee. He's highly educated. He has papers from the council in Jerusalem that he can shut down any church that is preaching this Jesus name message. He can shut them down. And he was going to Damascus to shut them down. Anybody watch Star Wars? All right. I don't remember which one it's on. Okay. Uh, but the guy with the horse head, you know the horse head? Right? And then the guy with the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, has the long hair and the goatee. 
and they're in the, the ocean, they're in the water, and they're in this little boat, this little, and there's a big old fish coming to eat the boat, and they don't even know the fish is following them. And then all at once, here comes this gigantic fish. There's always a bigger fish in the sea. Paul has just met the biggest fish in the sea, and that's Jesus. And Paul is fasting now, and he's praying now. Amen? Matthew 9, 14, one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples don't fast. Jesus responded, should the wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Someday he will be taken from them, and then they will fast. He was talking about himself. He said, while I'm here, they're going to enjoy this. They're going to enjoy the feeding of the multitudes. They're going to enjoy seeing people raised from the dead. They're going to enjoy watching demons cast out. But one day it's all going to be gone. They'll fast then. So he can relate to us. Watch. Because when everything is going good, we don't pray very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. When everything is marvelous, we don't really need the Lord too much. But you let that one letter come in the mail, that one phone call, that one text, and suddenly, pray, saints, pray. Got to have Jesus moving in my life. So the Lord knows our human nature. Fasting is associated with the first missionaries. Did you know that? Acts 13. First missionary journeys here. 13, 1 through 3 of Acts. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manion, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. How about that? Have you ever been in a situation where you've got to make a big decision and you just need to know the Lord's will? And so I'm going to go on a fast. I did that when I met Amy. I did that when I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to ask her to marry me. I went on a three-day fast. Wow. Yeah. There it was. She said Yes. And listen, you know where I broke my fast at? Poe folks. You remember Poe folks? Remember Poe folks? Ken, did you ever read a Poe folks? No, you didn't. I can tell by that look. She's like, Chris, did you ever read a Poe folks? It, wasn't, it was down around Kentucky, Indiana, southern Indiana. Yeah, kind of a southeast country deal. Used to drink out of a mason jar, you know, had good old dumplings. I broke that fast on Poe folks. Then when I got ready to resign a position I had been in for 12 years, I went on a three-day fast. And about, about two, a day and a half into it, I felt the Lord give me the answer. And I said, well, Lord, I already know the answer. Might as well go ahead and eat. He said, no, keep on going. So I did. So after three days, I went, broke that fast, and I went back into a, another meeting, and some situations came up, and and. One of the leaders of that meeting said, "If you don't, if you, you you might need to fast and pray some more." 
I went home and went on another three-day fast. You talk about somebody hating somebody. My body hated my spirit. My body was upset. But guess what? I got the answer. So it, it, it works. It works here. So they prayed and fasted, and the missionaries, Barnabas and Saul, were sent out. Fasting at the ordination of elders. Acts 14, 23. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church and prayed for them with fasting, turning them over to the care of the Lord in whom they had come to trust. So the fasting and ordination of elders, Acts chapter 14. So we see fasting all through the New Testament here. After Paul and Barnabas completed their first officially church-sponsored foreign missionary effort, they visited each church that they had established to be sure the proper leadership was in place. This became a pattern for the Apostle Paul. Now there's three kinds of fasting. Boy, you guys are warm now. Huh? Well, you're going to have to dress warmer. You need, what's, what is this? Wear clothes. It's January. Three kinds of fast. Complete fast. Everybody say complete. Say all. Y'all. Now put it together. All y'all. All y'all. Okay. I'm trying to help you learn how to understand Caitlin because there's times when she says stuff that I don't even understand. All right. And I live down there. I don't know. I must have forgot it. This first kind is a complete fast. A complete fast is described in Esther 4.16. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. That didn't take long, did it? Don't eat, don't drink. I love it when, I love it when the modern Christians say, I think I'm going to fast sports center for a week. I'm like, what do you think, Jesus played Nintendo? You know? Jesus taught his disciples, please do not play Nintendo Game Boy on Thursdays because that's when Moses ascended. And on Mondays, that's when he came back. Please do not pay your, play your GameCube, your Xbox, or whatever you're involved. No. We're, fasting is talking about food. Okay? Now, you can say, uh, you can say, okay, I am not going to get, and this will get a bunch of us, I am not going to get on social media for three days. That's when I drive by your house and see you out laying in the front yard quivering. I mean, just. And I stop and roll down the window and I say, are you okay? Yeah, but I haven't been on Facebook for 18 hours. Oh, my Lord, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Complete fast is you don't eat food and you don't drink water for three days. That's a complete fast. A complete fast is abstaining from both food and water. Notice carefully that Esther proclaimed a complete fast for three days and nights. You should never go on a complete fast for more than three days. All right? Three days is the limit because you cannot go without water for more than four or five days. Okay? Now, you can get spiritual and say, Pastor, I think I'm going to go seven days without food or water. I would rather have you drink water than to die on me. Number one, I don't like doing funerals, okay? I'd rather do weddings. I'd rather do baby dedications. I don't like doing funerals. But I'm going to have to, I will. 
But God can do more with you alive than he can with you dead. Okay? I know a pastor. Pastor's a very, very large church. Pastor's probably about three or 4,000 people. And he fasted so much. He's just a few years older than I am. He fasted so much in his younger years that he almost completely destroyed his, his GI tract. To the point where he was hemorrhaging while he was fasting. I mean, there were actually older men of God that had to get a hold of him and say, you, you don't need to do this. You need to take care of yourself. And then, as hindsight or foresight would have it, we didn't know this at the time, his dad passed away at a very early age. So this young man then became the pastor of the church. So what would happen if he would have died? You see what? So you have to take care of your body. It's the only one you got. Until you can go to Walmart and go down aisle 17 and buy a new one. That is going to be awesome, isn't it? You, can you imagine going down there and buying any body part you want? Yes, I'd like a new spleen. I'd like a new liver. Never mind. Dreaming now. So, three days on a complete fast. But pastor, regular fast. What's a regular fast? That's when you abstain from food only. You may eat or you may drink as often as you like. Some find it helpful to drink juices. You can maintain a fairly long fast this way. All right? I'm just going to tell you my preference that on a three-day fast, I will, I will drink lots of water. And probably by the second day, the middle of the second day, I'll start drinking some juices. Unless the Lord says just water only, and then I'll do that. Okay, but no food. But you do as the Lord tells you. Partial fast. The third kind of fast is found in Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Daniel said that he ate no choice food. He did not eat what the king's cooks had prepared you've heard of the daniel fast some of you have probably done the daniel fast where you eat certain things all right i've tried that i would just rather not eat anything i just rather fast and starve myself to death because you get in the refrigerator you say okay now i can have four ounces of lettuce i can have four carrots what else can you have I mean, you can have peanut butter, but it's got to come from who? What? See what I'm saying? Well, if that's the case, shredded wheat is from the earth. It's grains, and sugar, sugar comes from sugar cane. It's from the ground. I don't need milk. I just eat bales of... Bales of, what is it? Shredder wheat, yes. Praise the Lord. I used to be, be with a guy, and when he fasted, he, he would drink coffee and go through Wendy's and get Frosties. I said, well, my Lord, if we're going to fast like that, go through McDonald's. I'm going to get me a chocolate shake. Amen. Hallelujah. And now listen, some of you may have, okay, my wife had, was diagnosed a few years ago with diabetes, Okay. Well, which means that her blood sugar is, is up and down. 
And so there may be, because of a health situation, you may not be able to fast a full three days or a full day. So then you need to choose and say, if the Lord, if you'd like to fast, maybe you say, Lord, okay, I, whatever your, the food is that you want the most, that you could eat, that you're not going to eat. You see what I'm saying? Make that sacrifice for the Lord. All right, is this okay? Good. This means he ate. So Daniel ate. He didn't get all the good food like enchiladas and tacos. Big Macs, Frosties, and all the good foods that we enjoy. That's why Daniel could fast for three weeks in a very long time. Uh, only a, do not attempt a lengthy fast without some type of food unless you're going to do it for 40 days and then you need to take care of yourself and do it right with water and juices. Make sense? Okay. All right. The only fast that were longer were supernatural. Moses... On Mount Sinai, 40 days, no food, no water. But he was also in the presence of the Lord and watched the finger of God burn the Ten Commandments on those stones. Okay? Elijah fasted 40 days in the Old Testament. After he was done, the Lord sent ravens full of meat in their beaks and fed him by the, the brook Cherith. Jesus was in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat nor drink. These are the famous fasts that we think of. They were supernatural fasts. We shouldn't attempt these on our own. That's what I got tonight. Now, uh, you might want to say, okay, well, how long do you go, Pastor? How long, how long can you go? You know what? You've got to let the Lord talk to you about that. Like I said, I fast, try to fast one day a week. Now, if I cannot get the whole day, then I'll fast. I used to fast in, in college. I used to fast morning and lunch. Then I would eat the evening meal. Okay, so I'm figuring if a, a full day is three meals, then I'm going to fast three, three meals, and that's going to give me a day. So what I would do is I would fast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Breakfast, breakfast wasn't anything. I could sleep through breakfast, and I'm okay. Lunch, I wanted lunch, but I didn't take lunch. I had lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I fasted breakfast, lunch, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I would do that, and I would do that. Now, what fasting will also do is fasting will help you. It starts to push your flesh away. Of you, so your mind's not on the natural stuff, and it starts to bring you into the presence of the Lord more. And at that time, I was in Bible college, and I was, would go out on the weekends and I would preach. That was my job. The Lord blessed me that I was able to do that, and I would come home on a Sunday night. I may have went to Dallas, Texas, and preached a weekend, and 7 to 10 got the Holy Ghost in weekend services. Man, that's awesome. People getting touched, people getting healed, people getting baptized. And I found that when I'm not fasting, that my flesh and carnality creep in. And we just came out of one of the worst times of the year as far as food. We, I have eaten more stuff that I promised I would never eat again in the last two and a half weeks. 
And finally, there were so many sweets at my house, I just decided to eat it all to save everybody else the problems. Because if they didn't have to be tempted with it, and I took one for the team. Actually, I took probably about 18 to 20 for the team. Somebody made some red velvet cupcakes with buttercream icing. Jesus, Lord knows. And they were just sitting there for days, and it's like, oh, we've really got to clean this kitchen up. So I waited until everybody went to bed so I didn't face any opposition. And then I went after it. Take a couple of those cupcakes, throw them in a bowl, bust them up and pour a little bit of milk on it, and off you go to the races. Hallelujah. Amy walked down the next morning. She said, where's all the cupcakes? I said, it's a miracle. <laughs> They're gone. I said, your sugar's not going to go up on those, baby. You're fine. So, but do you just, uh, you know, you eat, you eat lots of food. You, how about those old cheese balls? You know, Amy made a cheese ball and it had cheese and pineapple and I don't know, cream cheese and somehow it had chicken or something else. I don't know what all it had in it, but it's. I tasted that baby and I thought, you know what, if nobody else eats it, the disposal is going to get this one. Amen. And it went last night, didn't it? And down the drain it went. Amen. Thank the Lord. But you eat all this stuff and you just start feeling heavy. And, and Jesus said what? Where there's a war, there's going to be a war between your flesh and your spirit. And so we have fed our flesh for the last, well, let's just go five or six weeks from Thanksgiving till now. And so now it's time to start flushing it out, getting back into routine. And start that daily, weekly walk with the Lord. Amen? All right, 8.30, I told you you're done. Let's stand. Woo! Greatest passion in the world. Turn the heat up. Amen?